0: Can you turn in your Bibles? You don't know, we're going to be reading out of NIV to Acts 2:42. I'm going to put it up on the board. I'm going to quickly read. We've gone through this as a series um, over the past while, and I just want to kind of just end off there, and then kind of plant us into the next thing that we're going to be talking about over the next two weeks. That is about generosity, and I think any any New Testament church, any followers of Jesus. Our lives are so changed that we want to give absolutely everything to Him. We want to lay down our hearts. This morning's worship was powerful. I think it's amazing how God leads. I don't even know. Okay, Penny knew what I was talking about. But the Holy Spirit just kind of weaved into what what I'm actually going to be saying. That ultimately God wants our hearts. It's what He wants above everything else. And it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and the many signs and wonders that were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Next one. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, I I would suggest that you go uh, learn that verse off by heart. Because that is a blueprint of what we want to see as a community, what we want to see as followers of Jesus, that there's there's an overflow in our lives. And today I'm talking specifically around generosity. And I think, let's just pray before we get into it. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, that you are here. Holy Spirit, you are working in hearts. I pray, Lord God, as your word is preached, which is, the inspired Word of God that was through, men, through the Holy Spirit, your, your Word was written. I pray, Lord God, that it would change and mold us. It would change and mold me, God. I, I pray that even, even as I'm preaching, God, would You bring Your revelation in Jesus' name. So the main text we're going to be working on in the next two weeks is 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. I, su- I suggest you go read it. We're not going to have time to read both. But it really is just, it's where Paul specifically talks around finances. Jesus, it says, that, uh, this, this, if you go read through the Gospels, 25% of what he spoke on was around finances. Um, I have a few if you start here. Uh, it says, there it is. Uh, 11 of the 19 parables had to do with money. One out of every seven verses in Luke, Jesus is speaking about money. Now money we know is the closest thing to our hearts. If, we, if we're honest, we'd say it's God. And, uh, I, but in reality, like where you put your money, your, your treasure is. Where, where what you actually treasure, what you actually see as the most important thing in your life, you're going to put your money towards it. If it's family, you're going to give everything towards your family to make sure your family is comfortable. If it's, uh, if it's... I can't think of any examples. Anyway, if it's, if it's things, you're going to always have the best gadgets, the best cars, because you, you, that is where your, your, your money is. Now, for me, a kingdom of people who follow Jesus, you can see who they love by what they give to. And I, I, I want to urge all of us to know that that, that I, I really want you guys to be liberated around giving. I really feel God wants to break a poverty spirit, as we're going to read in these verses now, where we have just, I've got just enough. I'm always looking, I'm counting every cent. I'm counting, not even cent, what, Durham, half a Durham. I'm counting where that goes in the budget. And that's good and that's wise and that's a good thing. Ch- Chantal's laughing because she's an accountant and she knows that. But leave room in your budget always for generosity. Leave room where you say, God, what do you want me to do with the money that you've given me? Some, have, some of us think that that money is completely ours. It's actually all God's. Any gift that you do, anything you do that you've given with the work of your hands, where you've got an ability, whether it's an accounting or you're a manager or you're a lawyer, whatever it is, God has given you that grace upon your life to do that thing and to earn that money. So therefore, as believers, our worldview is that everything is God's. And what do we do to steward it towards His kingdom? And I, want to, I would love for us to see more of that. And we've seen it in part where, where we start selling possessions so there'll be none in need amongst us. And we've given to people who've struggled financially in the church and we will continue to do that. But I think we need to understand that as a community, we need to carry each other together. And obviously the forward moving of the gospel. So let's turn to 2 Corinthians 8. I'm just going to read a little bit in the beginning of 2 Corinthians 8 and then I'm going to go straight to 9. This is... uh, And now brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace... That God has given the Macedonian churches. Just to give you a bit of understanding, the Macedonian churches, which is an area kind of around Greece, area, there was there was a couple of things that was happening in the world at that time. There's great persecution amongst the Christians. And you know if if you look at Syria, there's there's war breaking out, there's there's turmoil, there's not a lot of money. So you have a bunch of Christians where the actual Roman Empire and and the and the and the, the, the authorities of the day were against them. And they had very little money. It was there was there was there was a, there was an affliction of drought. There was all these things that was happening to these Macedonian churches, and it says this in the midst of their severe trial. Now the Bible doesn't lie; it doesn't say that it was it was okay. Like I mean, our first world problems is when the internet goes off. Then we are struggling. I know, like we're sitting here in the office, we're like Bruce and I going to panic. Where's the internet? What's happening? What are we going to do? And um, that is not a severe trial. That is just. A first world problem. Okay. It says, In their very severe trial, their overflowing joy and the extreme poverty walled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. Next verse. Uh, they, were urgently, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the Lord's people. We won't read the rest because there's a lot that I want to get through today. But for me, it's an incredible thing. You have this church who I would honestly liken it to. We've got a lot of friends that work in the tea fields in Sri Lanka. These guys are dirt poor. Uh, really, um, Rom, I don't know, maybe they earn $80 a month, if that, less. That's crazy. Just think about $80. Let's think a 100 dirhams, okay, because so I'm not good at maths. So just to make it easier. <laughs> 370 dirhams a month. A lot of people in Dubai live off of that. But they're living off less than that, maybe half of that. And yet, there's this church with the, that the Bible describes in extreme poverty gave. And we've been to uh, those places up in the tea fields and ministering, and they've given us honorariums. Do you know how humbling that is? I mean, we, ha- we, 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 never ke- we can't keep it. It's God's money, so we, we sew it up but. For me, it's, it's incredibly, incredibly humbling where you get this group of people who have next to nothing and the pastor gets up and says, cool, we're going to take an offering for, for Dan and Starla. What? It's, it's, it blows my mind. And it's for me, sometimes people who are in extreme poverty have nothing else that they have to trust God and they get the gospel that they get that linked with the gospel is an open-handedness. Jesus was, God is open-handed with His Son, gave everything. God only ever gives everything for us. And I think the, the, the normal response of our heart should be, Jesus, this is yours. What do you want me to do with it? Out of extreme poverty, they gave above the needs. And I want us to also realize that if you read through the whole of eight, it speaks about that it was always around gospel endeavors. So the people that they were given to was the church started in Jerusalem. There was, they were scattered because of persecution. They went out to the surrounding areas, planted churches. It was a God thing. But now Jerusalem was in extreme poverty that the surrounding churches started to collect money. And I think what, what Paul was writing is, is actually saying, do you know what? The Jewish church, which they tried to in many ways separate themselves, the Jewish church and the Gentile church are now one because the Gentile church, who's almost the second generation, is giving back to the Jewish church in extreme poverty. And for me, that's an incredible, incredible thing that, that they understood that our brothers and sisters, where the church began, are in need, and we're going to give towards that. And I really, I want us to, along for the day, when we've seen people be generous in this church, and it's incredible, like radical generous generosity. I don't even want to mention it because I think I'll take the reward away. But where they've, where they've been so open-handed, that, and, I, and then I've watched their lives, I've watched how God has multiplied that back to them. And I want to talk about what that means. And I want you to realize when I'm talking to today, I'm talking from a place where I'm, where I'm free. I, f- I live in liberty. Starting at the beginning of every month, we say, Lord, this is your money. What do you want us to give? Tithe is a standard for us. I've been tithing since I've been, got a paycheck. I'm going to be honest with you, I may have missed one or two months. Uh, it may be more. Sorry, Lord. Uh, God's, we're under grace. God's not going to take away all, everything I own. But the reality is, where we, where we have earned money, at least as a married couple, we have given month after month and we have seen the blessing of God multiplied and poured out upon us. Given, it will be given to you. Uh, what's it? Shaken down, flowing over, spilling into your lap. These, these, are, these, are, these are principles that God wants us to get in our lives. And I think when we get in our finances, because we know where our treasure is, our heart is also, where we put our money is where we love. If we get this thing, we are going to see something radical break out. And this is what Paul starts to write about now. It's not about so the church can be rich, so the pastor can have a new car. I did get a new car a couple of months ago because we only had one, so don't judge me on that. Um, But it's not about that. It's about that forward advancing of the gospel, that there's such a freedom in God's people that they, they, they they lavish. They just give everything they can because they know they're sowing into a kingdom way bigger, way better than themselves. And I want us, for me in my heart, to say, do you know what? Let's not skirt around the financial issue. Let's say, let's get before God as a couple and say, what are we going to do to advance your kingdom, to advance your gospel? Because we can only, there's a guy called uh, uh, Wayne Alcorn. He wrote a, a small little book. I'll find the name for you. I apologize. But if you go, and it's ready, he just speaks about how when we, when we are sowing into kingdom stuff, we, we are sowing into our heavenly future. So we'll see the blessing on earth because that's just a byproduct. When you, when, you, when you give, you will receive. You'll be blessed. They'll be multiplied to you. But what you're doing with your money is that you, you're investing in a, in, in a stock market, in something that will never crash. It's eternal. And we, we're building our lives into eternity. Okay, so 2 Corinthians 9. Can we turn that, please? There is no need for me to write you about the service of the Lord's people, for I know your eagerness to help, and I've been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since, uh, since last year in Achaia, you're ready to give, and your enthusiasm stirred by most of them into action. But I'm sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you may, uh, in this matter should not prove hollow, but that you may be ready as I've said you would be. I should want to see if I misread all of this. Can we go to... Verse 6, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. The Bible's not unclear about Scripture, I mean about finances. He's, he's not at all. Paul speaks about it so clearly and so specifically that I think we have to really have... Close your eyes, ears, mouth, everything, not to understand the simplicity of this. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly. Say abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you may be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity results in thanksgiving to God. This is amazing scripture. This is, I'm just like it's. It's not the first time I'm reading it, but it's like it feels like it. Maybe it's a different version. This service is that you perform. is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service which you have proved to yourself, others will praise God for the obedience that, it, that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. I could almost stop there because it's so self-explanatory. But I want to start with this. Number one, if you're taking notes, God cannot multiply what you haven't sown. God cannot multiply what you haven't sown. I'm not a gardener at all. Our old house, the, the plants died, and there was only two. Gustav and Bibi lived next door to us. They know we just chucked stones on it, and we just hope for the best, and the plants did die, thankfully. Um... But what I, what I know about God is that you have to sow a seed in order for something to grow. You have to put something forward for something to grow and for something to be multiplied. What Paul, for me, is trying to explain here is that if you've got... Let's just, let's just use a tomato seed. I don't know if it, how, how it works necessarily. But you've got a, a tomato seed that you drop into the ground. This, by God's grace and water and prayer starts to grow up, becomes a tomato bush. On this tomato bush is, let's just give and take, how many would be on a tomato bush approximately? I'm asking Phil because he's a gardener. A vine. I was corrected, it's a tomato vine, okay? And how many would you say? Yeah. 20. Okay, 20, 20 is good. So there's 20 tomatoes in there. Within each of the tomatoes is hundreds of seeds. So what you've done is you've put one seed in. This is what Paul's trying to write. You put one seed in the ground. That grows up into a bush, a vine, sorry. From that vine, there's multiplied hundreds of potential, potential tomato vines from that so you take and just take one of those tomatoes. Say you get like forty seeds out of one tomato. I don't know. I'm just estimating. It. I've never counted the seeds in a tomato. You take them. Say half of them work. You've got another twenty tomato plants, and it multiplies. Actually, I was talking to Ed recently. His mom grew some tomatoes recently in Bahrain. She ended up with thirty kilograms of tomatoes by just getting some seeds in the ground. That is what Paul is trying to say. He's saying, listen, take what. First of all, take take. Follow God's, you have God's will, which is to bless us and to us to walk in financial freedom. But then He's His ways. For me, it always starts around understanding tithing. I'm going to go into tithing next week and give a clearer picture of what, what tithing is all about. But it starts about saying, God, okay, throughout the Bible, before the law, there was 10% that people gave towards God. Let me just start with that. That is under grace, the absolute bare minimum that I think we, that we should just get into our lives Stalin and I have been doing 10% for ages. We've, this is not to boast at, at all, but we recently failed to increase it a little bit. So we'd actually feel it. The 10% became so easy in a sense, not that we earned tons of money, but it's like we were so used, because we, we, we were tithed off very little when I was earning very little, and our God, we are able to tithe a little bit more. And I want it has to get to a place where, we, where you're always stretching your faith muscles. We're always extending your seed. Because I know that, I look at Starla's parents and they they've been pastors their whole life pretty much. They're living in a place of blessing. They have an incredible home and they've made wise decisions. They bought a a home that really needed a lot of fixing up. They fixed it up. They've pretty much because of their fixing up has more than tripled the value of what they have, they're now able to sell it at some stage, and they have money for retirement. They've, but but uh, the, the point I'm trying to make is that they have faithfully sowed seeds. I remember Starla's dad preaching on, on giving, and he says, he says there was a time when Starla went to a private school in Durban uh, called Moristella. Some of you may know. Very uh, kind of fairly expensive school, so her dad said, before that debit order came off for the school, before anything, he'd rush off to the bank and draw out his tithe. And if they had no money for the end of the month, at least they paid the tithe and Stahler was in a private school. So they were happy. <laughs> and um, for me, it's just, and I look at them now and they've, they've faithfully sown in their lives and they've followed principles. And I think we need to understand that God's word is here to be obeyed. It's not, sometimes we don't understand. I don't understand why, why I should give 10% of my salary? I don't. It doesn't make sense in my mind. I'm like, God, I can use that other money for other things. Surely I can go give it to a charity. You know, that's, that's maybe more noble. The Bible clearly says that the tithe is the Lord's. And if we understand this, it, it releases you into financial freedom that you have never known before. And I want more of a financial freedom. So we're saying, God, what is there more that you want us to give? If you look at Malachi 3.10, it says that you have robbed me by, by not tithing and by not giving offerings. So it's not even just the tithing thing. It's offering. So God gives you, God gives you, I'm going to talk about this later, but sorry, I'm jumping everywhere because I'm bursting with it. I'm excited. That God gives you, He gives you money and He, and he, and he actually gives you the privilege of deciding where it goes. And if you're obedient with it, you're going to see God's hand blessing, favor, uh, it's, it, if you look at all, all the scriptures, says there, there's so many effects that happens when you actually start to give, so you get the, the sowing principle, it's multiplication, it's not just, I, I, I wrote this down here, I wasn't great at maths at school, I won't tell you what my final school mark was, it wasn't great, but I know that 2 plus 6 is less than 2 times 6, that just changed your life, yeah, you can, you can, you can clap. Um, it's 8 and 12, by the way, just in case some of you are wondering. God doesn't, he doesn't just do addition, God multiplies. Uh, and I, I just want to urge this inside of you. And the thing is, the reason God multiplies, you're going to see later, is not... Just for our own good, because God does appeal, to, in a sense, to our selfish nature. He does want us to be looked after. God, God looks after us, but He, he, does, he gives us extra and abundance so we can actually sow, so we can see the gospel move forward, so we can see this nation and the city change, number one. We can see the nations of the world, and it's not going to happen without finances. And it's not going to happen without our house. as a people people of God understanding that as we give, there's a liberty that comes. It says there's a harvest of righteousness. The effect of giving is salvation. That is the point. The point is is Jesus being glorified through my finances, through my money. Number two. Actually, before I get there, just... Okay, I'm going to get on to the next stuff next week. I've already been going for how long? Okay. Number two, we sow as a decision. It says in the in the verse there. It says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I was talking to some guys in the church, and uh, you know, they were they, they were just they were talking about how sometimes I don't give cheerfully, but God told me to give. And I think for me, I was trying to understand what that means. And you look at different commentaries, they don't really say much about it. So I'm like, Lord, what does this mean? And it's, for me, it just, ca- just came into my heart that actually that is about understanding that when we give, we have the privilege of giving. We actually have money to give. We need to be grateful, and therefore we can be cheerful as we give. Um, so as a decision, I've already spoken about some of this is that uh, it's the principle of first. It's the, it's the principle of God. Throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, the God speaks about this principle that putting Him first, seek first the kingdom and His righteousness. Uh, we look through the, the book of Exodus, Leviticus, it's, it's take the best male lamb and, and, and slaughter. Take, take the first of the crops and offer it to God. It's, it's always the first that we give to God, and you'll see the blessing of God flow out the rest. Number three. You cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. It says God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I love that. I love that. That when we when we are giving towards kingdom initiatives, the house of God, whether it's whether it's in the so. Understanding that that's the kind of the principle first. The, the second thing is giving offerings to, for example, the charities that we work alongside with. There you are sowing into something greater and bigger than yourself. Let's go to the next page. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. And will large the harvest of your righteousness. Now, for me, it's, it's, it's understanding that God gives us, He gives us bread, which we eat, we consume, we need to live. There's bills to pay. There's kids to put through school. I, I believe that that costs a bomb, um, and uh, and that's probably a stressful moment for many parents in 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 in, the, in this church. That you know when that, the term is ending, you're like, oh my goodness, I've got to pay. I've got to take out another bond to pay for my kids' school fees. There's stuff that we're paying. Gary's already starting to worry about it. He's having twins. So he's like, homeschool is the thing. Done. Um, they're not even getting proper books. Just, gonna <laughs> just teach them. Um, now he supplies seed to the sower. We are sowers. God has made every single person here the, given the ability for us to sow with our finances. He's given us seed and he's given us bread. And what often happens in people's lives is that the, God gives them a little... The, First of all, understanding again just the ten percent, but understanding that God gives you, He gives you stuff to sow. But yet we eat the seed. We're like, I've got a little bit extra this month. Um, I've only gone to a fancy restaurant once this month. I'm going to go splash out on a brunch. It's going to cost me seven, eight hundred dirhams, but it doesn't matter. And I, I think God wants us to enjoy our lives. I get that. And. And, and, and put, put money aside and have a good time, have good holidays and all that kind of thing. Those are all good things and needed in our lives. But if, if your seed is going into that, how can we expect a multiplication on your finances? And why again, why do we need multiplication? Because the gospel needs to move forward. It's not to make the church richer or anything. It's, you, you must know that as a church we're going to work out some numbers soon. But we give a lot away um we're just working i'm gonna i don't even want i don't want to actually lie to you so i'm not going to even assume a number we in the past few months we've given a lot of money away we'll get some exact numbers to you next week but for me it's it's like I, as a church i want us our church finances to live in abundance so there's a for me there's a bare minimum of 10 that we that we that we that we are trying to sow out give to different things but then there's over and above that we, we want to look for opportunities to sow into different nations, into for example, Scarlet's coming up. I really want to I, I want to kind of just put it out there to you guys, and this wasn't necessarily even planned, but there's a lot of expenses that goes into Scarlet. The the tickets just cover the the rental and maybe give it like about three or four grand extra. I'm being honest with you. And if you feel like you want to give towards us, because what happens every year at Scarlet is that. Hundreds of ladies' lives are changed. People who don't know Jesus. Last year, it was about um, half of people that came to Scarlet were, weren't people who believers in Jesus. That is 150 ladies from different backgrounds, from different nationalities, from different religious backgrounds that have now heard the gospel because of you. What you're able to give. And I think if we, are, yes, that's amazing. If we understand that our money is seed. Our money is a seed for someone's salvation. Our money is not so, so uh, there's, I just get sick at stuff when I see things, uh, there's some pastor in America who took an offering for a private jet. Just for me, there's, there's rubbish like that that is just rubbish. Let's forget about all of that and let's get back to scripture and say, actually the seed is for salvation. So if you're feeling to give towards us, there's, we, we always want to grow in excellence as a church. We want to we be able to do things better. We want to reach more people. This is exciting. I think it's... that's for me, is why we, we're cheerful givers. Is that we know... I just actually realized this right now, so there we go. That we know that when we give our money, it's not going to some random thing, but it's going to the forwarding of the gospel. Lives changed. Hearts changed. People who were on... They were on their way to hell. They were, they were going to die. They, were, they, they, um, they may have... Grown up in an abused home. Last year, Stala had a bunch of locks. Uh, Was it last year? And uh, she asked people to to write... What is it? Sorry, I'm going to get this horribly wrong. Um, uh, The theme was unlock last year. And so we just got, for those of you that were there, those uh, people who have been held bondage by things, to actually write them on the lock and to just ask God to free them. And so, of course... um, I was actually going to read them out at the time. I was going to read out all these things. And when I saw what people had been freed from, my heart just broke. And I just felt the Lord say, don't even read it out publicly. But it was unimaginable things that have held women captive. And uh, they only wrote it down if they were free. So praise God for that. Yeah, That's amazing. And honestly, when you look at how we've journeyed as a church in the past four and a half years, We've seen God's abundance. We've seen God come and change people's lives. There's been a harvest of righteousness in this church. People whose marriages were falling apart, literally on the brink of divorce. God saved, healed, set free, uh, healed marriages. People have come in broken and found wholeness. And I think that is always the point. That the point is always the gospel. I think I've been going enough. I'm. I've got. A, I'm, I'm going to carry on next week about what we can expect when we sow. But I really. Can we, Penny? Would you mind playing and Mario? Whoever. Um, can we stand to our feet, please? I feel God wants to. Just really, just set people free in the area of finances. He wants those of you who are in massive debt, which I'm sure is some of you, which is kind of, in a, in a way, has become a bit of a reality in Dubai. But I feel God wants to, wants to start bringing healing and mending there. And, like, and I think there has to be a moment where we say, God, where have we mismanaged? what you've asked us to steward God my prayer in my heart is that Lord Jesus let the money that you've given me be seed for salvation let it be a harvest of righteousness so I really feel God wants to, to, to set people free those who who are have, have massive amount of debt God it's very obviously a private thing, so I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up. But God, I think He really just wants to come bring healing. Know that, he, that he, it's not His curse on your life. Sometimes it's just through decisions that you've made. But there's a way out. There's people in the church who can help and counsel you out of, out of financial debt. God wants to bring healing in this place. Father, I just really pray for, yeah, just hearts that are obedient to you. Lord, Jesus says this. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And so often I've read that as like, oh, wow, is this like an ultimatum that Jesus gives us? Like, if you love me, you'll do. And for me, it's actually about trusting God. It's trusting that what Jesus taught and said around every area of of surrender is that we can actually trust God. And I feel that God just wants us to surrender our hearts this morning. Here you had this Macedonian church in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 who in extreme poverty acted in this grace of giving that they gave way beyond their means because their hearts were so in love with Jesus. And so poised to see, uh, to to help those in need. Father, I just pray for every single person standing here. I pray, Lord God, that we, this is, this is a holy moment. Our finances aren't separated from our spirituality. That our lives should exude the generosity of God. I started this today with Joel and this piece about render your hearts not your garments and I think what has started to happen is that people could give to God financially but they weren't giving of their hearts and I think God just wants our hearts above everything else and I think when we get that right everything else flows from that place we thank you King Thank you for your word that changes us, molds us. Those who sowed, even financially, Father, I just pray, God, for a multiplied breakthrough. I've just been with that sense that the whole meeting and even yesterday is that it says those who sow in tears will reap in joy. And I feel that some of you... It felt like you've been sowing even even financially, and you're like, God, when is when is it coming? When is when is this breakthrough coming? When is what you've promised coming? It still seems like it's out. I just feel just keep going, keep going, keep going. Because you are storing up a multiplied abundance as, as, as the Bible speaks about. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that it's all about you. Lord God, I pray that we humbly come before you as your people and say. God would everything we have our time, our treasure, our talents be yours we surrender our hearts to you King